Hi, I'm Naomi Simpson. I'm really pleased to be bringing you Season 2 of Handpick, the podcast, where business owners ask me the questions. We've got a fabulous variety of great business owners with really tough questions that'll give you incredible insights. And remember, go back and check out Season 1 if you missed any of those episodes. Well, welcome to this episode of Handpicked. I'm delighted to have Lucy and Sam, founders of Plan D. Now, when I first heard of Plan D, I was like, what on earth could Plan D be? But maybe I'll get Lucy and Sam to describe their business and the product. Yeah, Plan D um, is a business resource developed over the last two and a half years. We essentially looked at all the business resources that were on the market and majority of them were long-winded, very dense textbooks. And we didn't understand why the information had to be so convoluted and we just wanted it to be easier to use, easier to get, easier to understand. So that's why we combined it all into an easy-to-use deck of cards. And each card focuses on a different aspect of building, growing, and, um, yeah, eventually exiting your business. And they're beautiful. They're beautifully designed um, and they're very um, tactile. So um, how did the design come together? So the design has been through multiple iterations, as it always is. So it started off with a couple of different MVPs, but the current design, actually, we, we did most of the designing ourselves, and then um, we actually got a local tattoo artist to do some of the graphics for us. So we work in a warehouse that's shared by uh, seven or eight different tenants, um, designers, photographers, digital artists, um, and one of them happened to be tattooist. And so we commissioned her to do some, some uh, graphics for us. Yeah, they're really, really cool. And I guess, look, having read thousands, well, I'd say thousands, hundreds at least of business books, and each of them does have this idea, this one element of gold. And then when you need it, it's like, which book was that in? Uh, My business library here, you know, you've seen there's hundreds of books in it. And when you need that piece of advice, I also kind of like the random nature of just pulling it out. But what about the name Plan D? Where did that come from? (laughs) Plan D. So the cards are designed to help you plan. They're combined with agile methodology um, and it is all about planning your business out from the start and getting the big picture. But um, the name, so they're called Plan D Agile Business Cards. So it's Plan D ABC. So it's all about rearranging what we've been taught as a society is it's supposed to go A, B, C, D, and we're challenging that. There's a lot of little um, things within the cards that some people find off-putting at first, but it's all supposed to make you think differently and challenge you to think um, outside your comfort zone. And we find that that provokes people to get more creative and more thoughtful solutions rather than just the basic answer. Absolutely love it and adore it. So what questions do you have for me? We were wanting to talk about how many projects you realistically think you can work on simultaneously, being able to (laughs) micromanage those and continue to progress. Um, Because knowing you, you know, being on Shark Tank and being a very successful business owner, um, you're invested uh, in a lot of different um, aspects and businesses. Um, and we're wondering, you know, what's the limit? Where do you where do you sort of draw the line for how many you can be a part of? So it really depends the level of involvement that you have in because it's very different being an investor in a business versus 
operating and running a business. And a wonderful Irish friend of mine, um, an entrepreneur, he says, you can only be shitting on one toilet at a time. And, um, and his theory was, if you really want to grow and scale an enterprise, then that's, that's it. You have to put all your energy and your soul behind you and you actually need to back yourself, really back yourself into it, which can be very challenging. And way back in the day when I was starting Red Balloon from home, I, I had a foot in two camps. I kept my consulting business, my freelance marketing consulting business because I needed to earn some money. But at some point... I had to just go all in because I didn't have enough time to do it properly. All of the things that I needed to do from customer experience, customer journey, uh, product placement, experience of the experience, PR, all of the things, I just never had enough hours in the day. And so I, I, everyone was telling me it was a great idea. And then I needed to back myself and say, well, how, how long can I go without necessarily earning an income. That was a piece of work, a planning piece of work that I needed to do in terms of cash flow and where I needed to get to, to get to kind of break even. And, you know, for me in the early days, the success was, could I just replace my own salary yeah. with, with what I was doing? And then I would think, well, that's all I want and that's all I need. And then I know that I'm away. Uh, but it is, it, it can be really challenging. But if you really want to grow an enterprise it does take focus and energy however in saying that you might have a company that has many different sources of income and many different sorts of products but ultimately you're building the overall enterprise yeah. big red group now has many different brands in it but we're growing the enterprise and then we're growing different audiences for the different customers so it's making sure you've got that right uh, framework well, that probably leads into our second question nicely was um, you were speaking about uh, replacing your salary. That was your goal. Um, at what point do you think you can sort of justify whether you can fully invest in a project? At what, at what point do you, do you know that it's going to be a success and you should start investing, you know, more of your time and, and sort of take that, take that risk? Yeah, and you know, it's a chicken and the egg also because if you don't invest the time, you're never going to get the outcome. Yeah. So it's it's not just about whether I invest the time now, it's what gateways are you going to set yourself for when you say, I mean, I'm out or I'm prepared to do this, I'm prepared to do that. And that that's a thinking process that you'll go through based on your own set of circumstances. For me, um, you know, the first year I thought it was just going to fly, it was going to be amazing, and there was no customers. There was just no customers. So it wasn't possible for me to hang up my boots. But by about six months in, whilst I couldn't afford it, if I didn't work in the business, the customer experience was going to be terrible because nobody was getting back to people on email, nobody was answering the phone, nobody was responding, and therefore I didn't look like a business. So I had to look bigger than I am. And, uh, you know, it was me and the dog at home doing everything we possibly could. Um, but I had to look big so people trusted me, especially in the online space. So that's where you set the priorities of what is the number one thing I need to do right now? If it's building trust, if it's building authority, and there is a lot of authority in your product, which you didn't really speak to, but the product is all based deep deeply on research and it's very very easy uh, to use and to navigate so when you have that authority who else is going to speak about 
this is a product authority. So set what are the key things that I have to get done to get me to that point and how much energy am I going to spend on that? And that's only you can do because only you know what is enough. So it took 15 months. So it was the May. The launch was in kind of December. Or the first sale was in December. Then it took six months and then it was just like crazy town in terms of oh my god there's so many emails there's so many this i can't i can't cope then i got an intern or two to help me that might not have been the best thing to do but you know i didn't have any money so wasn't paying myself so how could i pay someone else so that that wasn't easy either and then it took all the way to the next year where i was like wow this baby could really really fly but i have to look after the experience of the experience and yours is a prestige it's a it's a wonderful product so you have to look after that trust that customer follow-up the referrals yeah. like referrals for me um with your product are very important yeah definitely couldn't agree more yeah it's really interesting because we're sort of in that space at the moment that it just you're constantly pushing and you're not necessarily seeing like the instant results and it's because you're new to the market and it's a big um a big market that has big players but um yeah, so here's, here's the thing on that, Lucy. People don't know what they need until they found it. So yeah. there is plenty of people out there, which is why I've got you on the podcast, who go, oh, no, no, I don't need that. I, I do a plan this way. I do a plan that way. So they don't know that they need it. And that is one of the biggest challenge for anybody selling or marketing a product is how do you change someone's behavior? I've always done it this way. So my argument is for 60 bucks, who knows what you could deliver? And this could deliver you absolute gold this is about getting people to think differently because the way they've always done it is the way they will continue to do it which is actually the de definition of stupidity you know doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome so i'm challenging people with your pro product to do things differently but that is the hardest thing that you have to do as founders and owners of this enterprise is to get people to change their behaviors that's yeah. what happened with me at red balloon everybody was used to going and getting flowers or roses chocolates for their mothers at mother's day oh she'll be yeah. right get her a, get her, get her a chook she'll be happy <laughs> and getting them to change their behaviors is actually the hardest thing so and that's where that referral thing comes from customer get customers um, because it comes with that authority. But that's your biggest challenge is getting people to change the way they've always done it. I've always read a book. Yeah, I guess I, we were also interested to ask you, like being a, a female co-founder and a CEO in the early um, 2000s would have been extremely challenging. And I'm sure you still face challenges today as a woman in a male-dominated world. But, um, yeah, I was just wondering if you could talk us through sort of um, – if you some of those challenges you faced or how you overcome them and um, how you continue to do that every day so for me we've only got equality if we don't discuss gender and I don't think I feel very fortunate I don't think I've had battles that many other people have had in fact when you run your own business you do what you want um, <laughs> I don't have any of those me too things going on in the office except for the dog jumping up on my lap you know so so I feel very fortunate because I have actually run my own race for 20 years I've run my own race and I have chosen to do business with people I like and I respect um, and I've really watched the language that I'm using because if you look for it it may well be there but you can also just gather evidence mm, what did he really say mm, what did he really mean by that versus here's an opportunity I can overcome it I am the sort of person when somebody says to me you can't you won't you should 
let me show you. Like when I was at university, which we do know is a little while ago, <laughs> way back in the day, um, you know, the, my nickname was Dumb Numb. They just called and I was like, I'll show them. And I have ever since. So I, I feel fortunate that I've run my own race and I've actually shown people what is possible and it's why I choose to be a role model for others. So I would shift the language and say, is this equal for all? Is, there, is it because I'm younger? Is it, are people being ageist? I guess that I'm not talking about me when I say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the stage where they're being ageist at the other end. Um, so so it's, it's not necessarily gender. Um, and if you can look beyond that and use the power of positive words, I worry that for, you know, I did this session with um, high school students for The Australian. And, you know, one of the questions was about glass ceiling. And I'm like, She's 15. What does she know about a glass ceiling? Let's not put that language in somebody's way when, if you don't see it. Like I, I had a fabulous uh, mum working in computing in the 1960s and 70s. She was my role model. You also have an incredibly powerful role model in your life. So yeah. let's look to those people um, and then, and, and, and just... Because if we have got it when we give up that conversation, when we don't need it anymore. So the things that make me angry is when people say she's a great female entrepreneur. No, I'm not. I'm just an entrepreneur. I don't need a label. It's pretty obvious I'm a girl. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Just see what would happen if you came with the lens that there is equality. Yeah. Just give it a crack and see what happens. Definitely. We're 50-50, we're so <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're onto it. Yeah. Um, now, do you have roles and responsibilities as a partnership, as siblings, each of you working in your own thing? Because that can be a real challenge with partnerships because you can't, like David and I, he's got his swim lane, I've got mine. And we know who does what and I don't get in his way and he doesn't get in mine and it works brilliantly. We, we do have, um, yeah. So a lot of things we overlap on um, and work because we work reasonably well together for brother and sister. But <laughs> <laughs> now we're starting to. Um, so, yeah, we work well together. But, yeah, definitely have a, a couple of different aspects, which, you know, Lucy doing her degree of um, Bachelor in Creative Intelligence and Innovation plus interior architecture um, definitely runs a lot of the design aspects. And then I do a lot of the more nitty gritty number stuff. Fantastic. But I think it's really nice having somebody to like bounce yeah. ideas off and have a, having a coffee and just having a chat about it rather than um, always it being so business or. Yeah, I feel like I'd really struggle being solo. Like I, I think a lot of my decisions become from, come from conversations between us two or with, with mum or whatever. Yeah, I just, I completely concur with you because you all, all of us have non-strengths and we need somebody else. The other thing is that uh, speaking to yourself the whole time could get pretty boring and you often agree with yourself all the time. And that challenge in a partnership is equally important. The different ideas and challenging each other and going, is that really good enough? Is that good enough? Is that what we stand for? Is this our purpose? Are we fulfilling on what we said we were going to do? And so what I would say is someone to hold each other to account is really, really important and challenging each other to grace greatness when you might want to play small yeah definitely um and our last question it was a, a little bit of a fun <laughs> question but um we were wondering what you think of ricardo semler's terminal days and if you knew what that was which i'm sure you do <laughs> 
months. So maybe describe it for our listeners, terminal days. <laughs> so um, it's this TED talk and Ricardo speaks about that you get to a certain age, it might be later in life, and you head to the doctors and they give you a terminal diagnosis and they say you've only got six six months to live. And it's all that stuff that then you panic to do. You want to go climb that mountain you never have. You want to spend time with family and friends and loved ones. And he says, why do we wait until we get to that age? And then often it's mixed with sadness or like um, with like decrease in health and whatnot. So he goes, why don't we have those terminal days when we're loving life and in the middle of it? So he ta- he takes two terminal days a week, which I think is <laughs> is a bit excessive, but um, he's actually offered his um, employees, um, they get their Wednesdays off in return for 10% off their salary. So, and he was thinking that the older generation was going to take them, but their the biggest uptake was 29 years old and people would head out and enjoy life on a Wednesday rather than waiting till the weekend or waiting until it's too late. We used to have this thing called the dream catcher at, at work and basically we say ask people to share their dreams um, and some were world peace and others were solving poverty and they were a little bit bigger and challenging but we would just sometimes as their employer uh, surprise and delight people by making their day and uh, you know one it was that he um, he wanted a six-pack so I went and bought him um, you know a six-pack of beer because, oh, it wasn't quite on my head. But we used to have some real fun with it. Um, and someone who um, wanted to learn to surf and we got him a customised surfboard. You know, it was just it was just one of those, and surfing lessons, obviously, because it's red balloon. But this notion, I think, is, is more important is allowing ourselves to dream and allowing ourselves to have fun. So I've always approached it slightly differently and Stuart and I have always had um, a theme and uh, last year, 2020, our theme was fun. Ha! Yeah, it was great. Uh, Fun in the house. (laughs) Yeah, but we played lots of Yahtzee and Bananagrams and, you know, (laughs) I was painting and and I tried new recipes. And this year is the year of discovery. One year was the year of simplicity. Everything was too complex in our lives. So uh, for me, the way that it transpires is not over individual days. It's about how I live and how I'm making choices. So at the end of the day, I kind of go and go, yeah, it was a great day because I discovered something, I learned something. And it also continues our conversation um, as, you know, spouses, especially when you're in lockdown. It's like, oh, have we had that conversation again? You know, <laughs> let's talk about new things. What did I learn? What did I discover? And what did I do? So uh, that's one of the ways that I, I keep creativity and ingenuity and keep thinking about. And we write a plan. Every year we have a personal plan of the sorts of things we want to be, do, have, achieve, um, contribute um and it's everything from philanthropic to family you know everything is in there so of of how we want to approach life uh but it is it takes practice for many people and why i wrote that book live what you love is for many people life happens to them versus them creating their own life and if there's one thing i want for people they have the power to create their life by choosing by making choices about where they give their most precious resource which is their which is their time so um yeah so interesting 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. <laughs> Look, I've loved chatting to you both. Uh, clearly, I love and adore Plan D. The work that you have put into this and the contribution you can make to businesses, and that's business people anywhere. Uh, it, you know, it doesn't have to be at startup. It could be any business owner or people running a a team. So I absolutely love and adore the notion of think of changing people's behaviours, thinking differently. And I think as marketers and as uh, as salespeople, that's your challenge: is how do I get people to change their behaviours? Um, we've also talked a little bit about well, when and how should I give up the day job so I can really focus on this? And um, is it one thing or is it many things? Uh, great question on equality, uh, gender, and also other biases that we see. And it is up to us to change our language so that we can shift the way people view uh, to positivity and role models are very, very important of that. And a great question on how do we make sure we're doing things that we really want to do, having fun, enjoying ourselves, learning and discovering um, terminal days, but I like to think of dream catches and themes. So we're had a great conversation oh you people know i'm promoting plan d i put it on my website <laughs> uh, they can get it directly from you as well i love your packaging everything's recycled everything's responsible everything's very grown up so i absolutely <laughs> love and adore it thanks for coming on the show and all the best with plan d thanks, thanks so, so much, much for having us, us. Really appreciate it